With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, let it be known. I'm working hard when I ain't on the phone. This ain't a hunt, this ain't a phone. Grind never stopping, I'm keeping it cold. Unlocking the door with the holy key. You supposed to be this close to me. And hopefully, you understand G.O.D. Maybe this cold and I'm talking like no degrees. Yo, what's up, man? It's Tyreek Hill, a.k.a. The Cheetah. Known as the fastest in the land, also the best looking in the land. I got my co-host here, Julius. Julius, how you feeling? I'm feeling crazy, man. It's coming to an end for the season, right? Yeah, season finale. Guys, this is our season finale, mm-hmm. and we had to go out with a bang. You know, so we had to go with none other than the knockout champ himself. Like, since we finna go night-night, we had to bring on the knockout. We got to go night-night. You got to bring him in. He's a problem. You definitely a problem on the field. Yep, You're man. a problem on the podcast. So it makes sense. Let's right? do it. Right, it don't make sense. sense. But anyways, guys, I just want to say this this last video is sponsored by Soul Runner. You know, make sure you go get your gear, go check it out, and let Soul Runner be a part of your lifestyle. With further ado, we got none other than that boy Jake Paul, the knockout king himself, coming onto the podcast. It needed to be said. Let's you you Let's go. go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, hey, I know what you're saying. Let's go. Thank you for having me. Let's guys. do it. Bro. Man, we shut Miami down. Like, we shut Miami down, man. How you feeling, huh? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here. This is a dope store. Mm. Man, we just launched my new show, launched a new company, and just staying busy, man. You know the drill. Man, well, you looking good, man. You looking real good. Well, we're going to jump right into it. I just got to know this, you know, because I obviously everybody on the internet says that you come from Disney, right? Yeah. So I just got to jump into it. <laughs> I do. This. How in the hell does a kid from Ohio go from Disney to being one of one of the most popular boxers in, in, in today's sport? Like, how, how does that happen? You know, I would just say hard work. And it seems cliche, but that's really my number one attribute and what I attest everything to. And, you know, when I set my mind to something, I'm so passionate, I'm so driven, um, and nothing can stop me when I get going. You know, and if I set my mind to something, I'm, I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to create it. I'm going to work every single day, sometimes twice a day to accomplish that. And, you know, it all started with one fight, you know, and I just had to win one fight. And then it was another fight and then it was another fight. But I always prepared to the best of my ability and surrounded myself with the, the best coaches. And it's the one of the hardest sports in the world. You know, you're getting hit in the head. You conditioning, uh, getting hit in the body all the time. And I had to go through my licks and get my ass beat for the first couple of years by professionals wow. to, to get better eventually. How long did, how many times did you get your ass beat by those professionals? Bro, there was days where I, I would wake up, we would be sparring. At, back then we sparred like five days a week uh, just because we had to get the experience in the ring. And man, I would come out of there every single session 
bloody nose. And I would, I would dish some back, of right. course, but yeah, but I mean, they would get the better. Yeah, they, <laughs> right. They would get the better of me for the most part, probably for for about a year. But I was always sparring against guys who were better than me. You know, you you don't want to be in there just beating people up because you're not going to get any better. If you're the smartest one in the room, then you're doing something wrong. You should always try to surround yourself with people who are better than you in each and every category. And that's what we did in the sport of boxing is with professional boxers bringing them in and it worked, man. And eventually I, I just found my rhythm and I wanted it more than a lot of these guys because there was more people who wanted to see me lose. Right. So right. that just drove me to, to work harder and eventually that really just paid off. And um, man, now it's to a point where I'm on a roll. I have a ton of experience under my belt. I right. fought in front of 20,000 people multiple times now, and that's the hardest part. You can spar, you can be good in the gym, but can you perform under the lights? I mean, I'm sure you know that, right? Man, I'm trying to tell you, like, it's like different. Like going right, from practice right, right. into like going in front of 70,000 is different. I promise you, man, because each and every moment counts then. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't go in and 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 lack in any area because if you do your opponent is clearly gonna kill you you right. know what i'm saying or right. like right. destroy you so never want to lack in any areas no and some people don't get that it's like when the ball is in the air game time moment game on the line you know like can can you catch that and a lot of people can't and going and fighting someone one-on-one -on -one in front of 20,000 people is like the craziest feeling in the world because you don't have anyone else to fall back on. If you lose, it's all on you. If you win, it's all on you. Um, and that, that just drives me to work extra hard because I know what's on the line and I know right. where I came from. And I, I kind of want to show kids, you know, that anything is possible. Even if you just started something. That's what I'm talking about. Even if you just started something, even if there's critics, even if everyone isn't believing in you, even if it should be impossible to do something, people say impossible, I say let's find out. And that's really how I, how I live my life, honestly. Wow. Well, Jake, I, I, I obviously got to say I'm a huge fan, but mm -hmm. can we talk a little bit more about, you know, the sacrifice that it takes from, you know, being away from family, you know, having to spend those extra hours in the gym trying to get to like a certain level, you know what I'm saying? Because obviously like you're trying to be great in this sport, right? Yep. You know, so I'm sure that you're like sacrificing time away from family members, sacrificing time away from things that you love to do. Now you got to put in so much time into this boxing that, you know what I'm saying? Tell us a, tell us a little bit about that. Like mm -hmm. how hard is the work? How much time you got to sacrifice away from the loved ones and all of that? Yeah, you have to be willing to sacrifice it all, like from food to hobbies. You oh. know, you, you got to get rid of all the fun in your life pretty much damn near. Um, and, and yeah, you're going to lose a lot of friends along the way. The people who aren't really there supporting you, they're, they're going to trickle off. Um, you have to be willing to sacrifice that your own peace and happiness, honestly, and your body as well like you you're not going to be able to walk some days you're gonna you're gonna be so sore mentally you're gonna be drained the the pressure can eat you alive if you let it but that, those are all the things you have to sacrifice and, and go through but you know if the if the goal and the the reward of the goal is greater than the the pain that you're going through through the suffering then it's worth it Right. Um, and so that that's just always something that 
that I remind myself, you know, I, I could, I think it's Muhammad Ali's quote, it's like, suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Mm. I think I've seen that quote. Right. A great quote, by the way. For sure. So we know you the problem, child. Right. But we want to let's 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 rewind and find out who Jake Paul was before you became the problem child, because we all know you got to start your start on Vine with social media. A lot of kids today, they see everything you got going on, but they don't know what the hell Vine was. Right. Yeah. Can you explain <laughs> how you just sat back one day and just like, all right, this is what I want to do. I'm going to start with Vine. Just that 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 mentality, that thought, thought process when you first decided. I'm gonna be a YouTuber, I'm gonna start on Vine. Like, what was that thought process and how did you get started? Yeah, so I, I actually uh, was playing football with my brother. Slot receiver? Uh, I was running back <laughs> at the time. Running back at the time, but we were on this like middle school team and my dad got us a camera mm -hmm. so that we could record our football games mm -hmm. so we could watch the tape back and you know, see where we could have played better. And we were in Ohio, there's mm -hmm. nothing to do in the summer Right. We didn't have school, so we take the video camera, and this is right around when YouTube was first coming out. Mm -hmm. So we were like, let's make a YouTube video. And we just turned the cameras on, started doing dumb things, like riding four-wheelers around in the backyard, making silly jokes. Mm -hmm. And we thought it was hilarious. Right. We edit this little video together and post it onto YouTube. Right. And just kept on doing that for fun. And what we really didn't realize what we were doing is developing a skill of making videos mm -hmm. at a very young age, 10 years old, 12 years old. Right. And eventually the app Vine comes out four right. years later. Right. Um, I'm, I'm like class clown sort of kid. <laughs> right. Don't really like pay attention in school, like to just like have fun. I see Vine the first day it comes out, download it, and immediately just start making videos in my school. Like mm -hmm. I stood up on the cafeteria table and just like started making noises, like bl banging trays together and stuff. Wild, and this was, wild, this was like, already a problem. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've always been the, the problem child. That's really where, where it comes from. But I've always um, just never gave a fuck. And this was like, you know, back when internet content wasn't a thing. So right. that was like the first time people were posting anything. So you could right. do something as stupid as standing on a cafeteria table and go viral. Right. Um, and that's really what happened before you know it went viral um, a couple of weeks later and me and my brother both got 5,000 followers and we were like oh my gosh this is insane you know there's only a thousand people in our high school right. so we were like this is insane right. and since that day have literally just kept on making videos non-stop and just continue to move on and, and grow our brands whether that be in acting or business uh, Disney Channel, YouTube, all the things. Why you smile so, like that when you say a Disney Channel? So would you say? <laughs> so would you say you are the Soldier Boy of Vine? Man, <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely say that for sure. Because you the first. You, I sound like you the first one to do it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did a bunch of things first on that app for sure. I, I would say even more so the the Soldier Boy of YouTube. You know, I was mm. one of the ones who innovated daily vlogging right. and really mm -hmm. made that a thing and um started so many trends like a lot of people don't like to talk about it but it's like the biggest youtuber today um was, was a fan beast oh mr beast yeah like oh yeah we, he has me and my brother inspired mr beast to become who he is like a lot of his first videos are him talking about like saying it's every day bro a hundred thousand times saying logan paul a hundred thousand times and so our impact that we had on on youtube is forever cemented 
and sound like y'all got a bromance right now. He yeah, he did. Name a hundred thousand times. Yeah, because because he knew that it would go viral because we were the biggest mm. on on YouTube. Okay. And at the time, he was growing his channel and like was a was a fan of ours, inspired by ours, our, our videos and such, and it worked, you know. And now he's he's way better than us at YouTube. Like we're nowhere near as good as Mr. Beast, but what I'm saying is we inspired the next generation of right. creators that came up that's underneath us. And that's what it's all about. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what I, I like to do. And that's what I'm trying to do in the sport of boxing. You know, I hope one day a kid comes up to me and is like, yo, I started boxing because of you. And, and I hope they're like the next, you know, big thing in the sport. And I mm -hmm. hope I was the reason that they started boxing right. for me. That would be, the most fulfilling thing because the money is cool the you know the fame the glow all of that stuff is great but um for for me i just like making a difference honestly well since we on the topic of boxing mm -hmm. let's go ahead and jump right into that chapter i mean i know for me how does it feel to go play a crazy wild away game how does it feel for you man when you know you walking you know down to the boxing ring music playing, like, is the crowd booing you? Like, how do you react to being the bad guy of the sport? Because obviously, you know, I, I, I mean, I feel like everybody thinks you're the bad guy. Like, mm -hmm. you're, like, you are literally the kid who came in, you know, bought, I, I bought like a, a, a bunch of eyes to the sport. I mean, it was a lot of eyes on the sport, but you came in and now you're making a lot of money and you're also, you know, bringing like a more immediate attention mm -hmm. to the sport. Do you feel like people look at you as the killmonger of the sport or what? what? Yeah, no, I, th I think definitely um, some people treat me as like, you know, the heel. They treat me as the villain or, or I'm like the new guy on the block or whatever. Um, but then I think a lot of people, the Mike Tysons, Evander Holyfields, uh, they they see what I'm doing for the sport mm -hmm. and they're so appreciative of it um, and they're so supportive of it. I think there's a lot of people who and a lot of boxers who are jealous because they, they've seen how much money I made um, very early on that they see how big my fights are very early on and they think that should be them. Um, and so the, there's the, that feeling and that, that's where the shit talk comes from. But, but look, you got to think about it like this, though. You got this fighter, right? He grew up fighting his whole life. Mm -hmm. Then he just he, he see you just waltz on in, and you just steal the spotlight that quick. Right. But but that but that I also worked my whole entire life too as an athlete. I worked as a football player. I worked as a wrestler. I had over 250 wrestling matches. I was in the gym every single day doing my miles before school, 5 a.m. It's not like I just decided to do this. I put in my hours too. Right. And not only did I put in my hours on the athletic side of things, I put in my hours as uh, uh, entertainer. I put in my hours with content. I grew my brand. I made a video every single day, a 20 minute video, highly produced every single day for 800 days straight. And so people can say like, oh, well, he just came in and took all of No, like I had to work for right. every dollar I've ever made. Nothing, nothing was handed to me. This, this all stemmed from my mind and my heart. I created everything from my mind and heart. 800 video ideas. Where do they come from? Google? No. I come up with 800 video ideas that become the number one vlog channel ever. So it's like, I created that and I was in the gym every single day as, as the young shit, kid. Yeah. So, yeah. These, these boxers were pissed off like, oh, 
he just came in and took it. Yeah. No, no you know, like, I get, get why they, they think that. I get why they say it. Yeah, I get why they think that. But it's just not, the, it's just not, not the case. And again, all I've tried to do is bring eyeballs to the sport. I've right. never tried to take away from the sport. I'm bringing in a new audience. I'm promoting other fighters. Mm -hmm. Amanda Serrano, Most Valuable Promotions, Ashton Silva. I'm promoting fights that aren't even mine. I'm telling my fans to go watch them. Like, right. for, and I don't get anything out of that, but right. I'm, I'm building them up. I'm talking about other fighters um, all the time. So, and in interviews and, um, yeah, that's what I've, I've really just tried to bring a, a different a different look to the sport and i think a lot of people look at me as the as the bad guy but i think they'll see my intentions mm -hmm. um over time and that's all i could really do and my goal is to become the light heavyweight champion of the world um and so at that point yeah, in dude. time you know if, if i'm able to accomplish that goal which i i personally think i will be able to people will have no choice but to be like all right he really took this seriously and became the champion of the world. Like, what are we? What are they gonna That's say? Great. They can't say nothing. But I, I got one more question Go for ahead. you. Would you, would you want to be handcuffed too? There you go. It comes full circle. Would you want to be? Would you want to be handcuffed to Caitlyn Jenner for a chance to be light heavyweight champion? For sure. I would love to be. For 24 I, hours, but naked in some tube socks. Well, butt naked. I mean, <laughs> I, I would. I, he don't know what to say. It, <laughs> it's the tube socks that's throwing you off. It right? was the tube socks. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I actually respect. You got on tube socks right now. I respect Caitlyn Jenner a lot, and mm -hmm. and I'm actually a, a fan like of Caitlyn and Bruce Jenner. Like, when you watch her story, it's actually like super super inspiring. So, I, I would be down honestly and. To me, anything to accomplish the goal of becoming light heavyweight champion. Whatever I got to do, man. Anything? <laughs> yeah, you might want to put a limit everything. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's Damn put a limit on everything. So we definitely want to dive into every fight. Well, not every fight, but some of the, some of your biggest fights. Because I, I definitely got to know what it sounded like when Nate Robinson was assed up on the mat. But I'm going to tell you right now, he ain't going to do that to no NFL player. Oh, shit. But we can go ahead, continue oh, on. We'll get back to that. But, but <laughs> so do you think the issue that, you know, individuals in Boston who's been boxing 20, 30 years, not even them, just their promotional teams have with you is the fact that you don't have to sign to a, I don't know if I should say that, a top rank uh, Mayweather promotions yep. and that you can actually take your fan base and sell out of Madison Square Garden. Crazy. Do you, do you really 100%. think that's the underlying issue? It's not about you disrespecting the sport. It's about money. It's the old guard. Right. It's the old gatekeepers. Right. Who are no longer in charge. And it's guys like Eddie Hearn, right, who has been promoting his whole entire life. Mm -hmm. He inherited his dad's company. And I came in, I'm a bigger promoter than him in two years. Right. To him, that's, that's scary. And he's going to try to do everything he can to discredit me, to take away my platform, to stop back boxing fans from respecting what I'm doing and right. yeah it, go, it goes you know we're saying even with music labels right if there's an independent artist they're gonna do everything they can to show the rest of the world right that that independent artist isn't gonna make it but mm. I am showing boxers and I hope to show boxers that you shouldn't rely on your promoter right to promote you right. you should get active on social media you should build a brand for yourself you should be posting on YouTube you should be posting on TikTok. you should be creating content and that's how you're gonna grow your fan base and really the only boxer who's done a great job with that is like Ryan Garcia right um, he does a great job yeah. on social media so yeah. you know that's the new way 
and the other promoters and the, the big establishments in boxing, I think, uh, definitely don't want me to succeed. Right. They scared of you, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you disrupting the status quo, right? It's money that can't go into their pocket. But I, I got a follow up on that. And I'll be honest, it needed to be said. I did not root for you. The at, at the beginning, he knows it. I did not root. It was yeah, bro. You was like, who the hell? I I knew who you were. It was like, all right, man, because I I love boxing. It's like, all right, shit. He's going in there. He's boxing. I, I actually like, yeah. like, yeah, like, yeah. but and and it's like that's before. Just like anybody else, that's before you, you like you said, judge a book by its cover. Then you get to see the hard work that's way before, that you actually dedicate. That's way before I this. knew he was a wrestler. I yeah, knew he was right, a right, football right. player. Come on, right. Oh, 100%. No, and I get that. And the people, uh, you have to earn their respect. And I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not right. afraid to go in there and risk it all just right. to gain a fan and to right. be like, oh, I was wrong about that kid. And yeah. that's, that's what I want to do. And so I, I totally get that, man. And uh, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's working because, like you said, a lot of people, you said everybody was like, man, Jake finna get knocked out. But yeah, after the fight, yeah. we saw Nate well, assed up. Like, it was like, oh, so, seen, nah, he can fight. <laughs> once you seen Nate hit the ground two times, it was over with, man. Right. It was right, over right, with. Right. But um, can, we need to expand more, I feel like, on Disney. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we didn't talk about Disney enough. Could you tell us about your experience with Disney? Because I always wanted to be on Disney too, though. Yeah, no. The, I wanted to draw the little Mickey Mouse. I did it. I did a <laughs> hi. I'm Jake Paul. You're watching Disney Channel, and there was a dream come true. And can you do it real quick? Yeah. I'm, where's the camera? <laughs> hi, I'm Jake Paul. Hi, I'm Jake Paul. You're watching Disney Channel. At my He's next, back. my <laughs> next, my next. <laughs> I'm back, bitches. <laughs> Mickey Mouse, where you at? <laughs> my, my next knockout celebration, I'm gonna be like, hi, I'm Jake Paul, and you're watching the Knockout Channel. I like, but, um, I like it. But I like it. man, it was a dream come true. Right. And it's such a big establishment. And at the time I was just a viner with this dream of becoming uh you know, an, a bigger entertainer. Right. right. And so there wasn't really much um, conviction. I was in LA, had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was doing auditions and stuff, but I was just getting told no, audition after audition landed one role, you know, then no, 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 no. And I had to go to like a hundred auditions and then finally, boom, Sheesh. booked a big role on Disney and it just um, reaffirmed my belief in myself as right. to like, I'm actually a good entertainer and actor. Um, and that moment definitely like changed my life because I was the first ever influencer to be booked in a real movie or TV show. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and it just gave legitimacy to everything that I was doing. And working with Disney, I got to see how a big multi-billion dollar company functions and how they have employee, hundreds of employees and how they run their productions. And it was just really cool to see their whole organization. And everyone there was actually like such a, a pleasure to work with. And um, man, we did like 40 episodes. And so I got the really learn how to act and establish my acting career and um become more comfortable in front of the cameras um so yeah man i would so I did they give it. you like a lifetime disney pass when you go to orlando <laughs> you always can get in disney world huh? what's funny is they actually don't give you that many tickets you get like four tickets a year or some shit, which is kind of cheap like right. disney world? if you yeah. think about it like yeah. we're we're literally the Disney <laughs> yeah, stars, right. and we only get like four tickets, and a, and we get a tour guide, 
but right. you only can do that once a year. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of bullshit, honestly. But now that that, that <laughs> um, the character you played, obviously the show uh, Bizarre Vard, right? right? Yep. Um, that was kind of who you already were on YouTube and Vine, right? So was there a big transition? Or better yet, the booking agents did they already know of your body of work that you brought to the show, mm. and then say, hey, we got the great role for this guy. Yep, it's made for you. Here you go, Jake. No, exactly. The stars aligned, and I just understood the character mm -hmm. so much better than anyone else because that's right. exactly what I was doing on a daily basis. Right. Um, and there was a little, you know, there's like a twist, obviously, like with the energy, right. and right. Um, there's certain things the character did. Uh, but it, it was definitely a stars aligning moment. Um, and man, it's just it's just funny to think like where everything's gone since then. Um, you know, it's only been like a couple of years, four years now. Right. It's like, how, how did it go from Disney Channel to professional boxer? But right. everything happens for a reason. And right. man, I think it just, it was a great experience. And I, I remember calling my parents and, you know, telling them I got the role. And yeah, it was turned up. They, were, they couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like that, that was such a surreal moment. So right. Right. it made me want to chase and to work harder for more moments like that for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. right yeah. i mean so i mean we're gonna dive back into boxing yeah uh your last fight got can canceled right yep. i yep. mean we, we we could say could you dive in a bit more and tell us what happened you know what was the issue because i mean clearly i I mean, I, I thought this fight was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. yep. Your last two fights didn't happen with Tom. Right. What's the name? Tommy. Yes. Fury. Yep, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury, mm -hmm. and now what's the dude name? Hasim. Rob, Rob, Rob and Junior. Yeah, so like? Tommy pulled out because uh, he couldn't get a visa. But we don't know if he even actually went to the airport because he's from the UK. His brother is Gypsy King. Yeah. And he couldn't get a visa. That's his That's brother. What I'm saying no. And then we All had. Right. Yeah. We That's had his brother, older brother, right? Yeah. Tyson Fury's the older brother. Oh wow. So we had politicians ready to get him the visa and he went silent he didn't want no problem no he I, had, I had people like ready to get him in like I'm, I'm friends with all types of people in the government and right. we had people ready to get him in and he just didn't respond he didn't want to box went ghost. he didn't he want to box and so boom i'm like all right fine we'll get a replacement i'll save the event mm -hmm. we'll, we'll find a replacement i get this guy hasim um and basically since day one he was super flaky you know he was calling one of my coaches being like, I don't know if I should do this fight. He was calling people around Vegas saying, I don't know if you should do this fight because we've sparred before. Right. That was two years ago when I wasn't good, nearly, nearly as good as I am now. Right. And he knew what happened in that sparring session. I oh. beat his ass. And uh, man, he, I think just like Tommy Fury, let the pressure get to him. Right. And I think he was contemplating like, oh, what happens if I get knocked out by this kid? Exactly. Like yeah. he got like he got to live with those consequences, dog. Like right. you could ruin his career after that. Right. But exactly. but he going to have a big payday though. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> no, and and I think the the pressure caught up to him and he really at the end of the day just didn't want to take that risk. Right. Um and so his plan was to come in weighing 215 pounds, which is not the agreed upon weight, mm -hmm. and he basically was going to try to fight me being heavier because he didn't want to cut the weight. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so we told them, fuck off. You don't want to make the weight? Mm. Then we're we're not going to fight you because we can't let opponents dictate what they want to weigh. We can't let opponents do whatever they want to do. Like, we're the money. We're paying you. We're the A-side. We're giving you this opportunity. If you agree to the weight and you sign the contract, that's the weight you're showing up at. If not... You could fuck off. So you saying that he signed the contract and showed up at 215? Yeah, he signed a contract to weigh 200. And then eventually, since he wasn't cutting the weight the proper way, the commission was like, all right, we're, this is not safe to do it at 200. We have to do it at 205. Mm-hmm. And so I could have canceled the fight, but I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll do it at 205. And then he was like, nope, I'm not coming in at 205. I'm going to come in weighing 215 pounds. And his promoter was the one who basically was like, yeah, this guy is not gonna come in on weight. Um, and he, you know, we have the text, I leaked the text messages in my show and stuff, but his promoter was texting my manager like, yeah, That's he's, crazy. he's basically like trying to scam you guys, not coming at the weight. And so we were like, all right, you're not gonna come in at the weight, then fuck you. Cause we can't set a precedent where right. moving forward, our opponents can So the weight is a big want. thing, is the weight is a big thing in yeah. boxing? Yeah. Like- 100%, and it makes a massive difference. That's why there's a weight class 105 pounds, 110, 115, 120. Like there are so many weight classes, just a couple of pounds away from each other because it makes that big of a difference. Wow. It's, it's night and day. Sound like he was just gonna come in 215, super heavy. Cause what y'all, what were y'all supposed to fight at? We're originally, originally the 200. Contract, 200. He said then 205. Yeah. So he could just pretty much lean on your tire, you're out. Exactly. Take away yeah. all your energy. Exactly. Now the biggest question, cause Nate Robinson is a little dude. How the hell did that fight come about? Like, because, I mean, it went from NBA player, you know, you're doing your thing in in professional fighting, and then Nate Robinson just pops up in the ring. Now, he went from NBA player to dude who work at Target. Go ahead, (laughs) To (laughs) Tyron Woodley. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. To here we are today. Yeah. You forgot about uh, Ben, Ben Ashton. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, Target. He was working at Target? No, Ben Ashton worked at Target. He was working at Target? Or you sent him to Target after you knocked him out? Bro, like... You saw him at Target. We don't know what he's up no. to now. You see him oh. after the fight, though? After he knocked him out, he was cheesing on the yeah. way to the Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, going to Target with his check. Yeah, he's going to Target with his check. So how, yeah. how did it come about So Nate, Nate Robinson, Robinson Nate Robinson actually called me out um, and said, Yo, Jake, I've been boxing my whole career mm. and just for conditioning. Um, you know, you haven't fought a real athlete yet. Fight me. This will be the biggest opportunity and biggest moment of your life if you could beat me. Um, and he said that on a TMZ interview. I seen it and I was like, all right, <laughs> like, let, let's run it. No problem. And so going into the fight, uh, I was the underdog, which a right. lot of people don't, don't remember. Right. And everyone thought he was going to win because of his accolades and yeah. being the superb athlete. And at the time I was still just known as the, the YouTuber who was like trying to box, but people didn't know I had knockout power and all that so he got that let me let me say this real quick i'm gonna look at the camera people have to understand there's a difference between street fighting and boxing i don't think 
Nate truly I, I understood. Think, I don't that. think he understood the assignment. I don't. I, he he definitely dropped the ball on that. But you know, typical street fight. What forty five seconds? Maybe. Yeah. Unless you got big KO, your security guard putting somebody to sleep. But it's a difference. And I think just watching the film, watching him box, I think he thought he was in a street fight when yep. he rushed you. Definitely. Then behind the ear, equilibrium off. He no, sleep. for sure. He he was wild. Like and that's why it took yeah. me. I would have even knocked him out sooner, but he. he I was getting his timing because I was like. Yo, well, this guy, <laughs> right. this guy's everywhere. I yeah. had to like judge where he was going, right? Because um, I didn't, he didn't really have, you know, like he didn't move around. It yeah. felt like a street fight, literally. Yeah, like exactly like what you're saying. Because he rushed you, like. But but I I have to give him credit though because you could practice in the gym and like the sparring, and yeah. you could do the technique the proper yeah. way. And it's like we said earlier in the episode, when you get in there, it's like oh shit, I'm fighting for my life. Yep. And that natural fight instinct starts to right. come out. And so it's easy to throw the, the skill out, out the window. And yeah. I think until you're a really experienced boxer to stay like super calm yeah, in the moment. In bit, why? And to be patient, yeah. Because he kind of disappeared. Like nothing against Nate, but like, I think Nate, if you watching this, I think he has to understand. He, I seen him at the Drew League like two weeks, like, like a week ago, I think. He yeah, popped out somewhere. Yeah, he did what a lot of people Heavyweights essentially have been afraid to do with yep. you. You know, he came what he came in at 190, yep. maybe 190s, 5'9, 5'10, somewhere right, right there. And he actually got in the ring. And like you said, it takes a lot to prepare and then you make your way to the ring. You get in the ring. It's no more sparring. It's me and this it's guy. Mano e mano. That's face it. to face. Exactly. Like, you we ain't own. looking at nobody else. And right. that's why I give him I give him credit because right. I, in my opinion, Nate Robinson has more balls than Tommy Fury. And Hasim Rockman Jr. Yeah. Because they didn't want to get into the ring with me. So, you know, he, he actually had the balls and he was a man Let's of say, his word. Bro, all you gotta say is just all you gotta say is Nate Robinson is a is a B. Is it what? You say, so, well, he a B? <laughs> what is, Nate Robinson a B? What you say? No, no, he had balls. Oh, oh no. he has balls. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I said he had balls. Nate Robinson, balls. what he's essentially saying, which camera am I looking at? <laughs> Nate Robinson, what he's essentially saying is that you're a fucking dumbass for stepping in the ring with him. <laughs> Tommy Fury and Hasim, you're very smart. Very smart. Because this guy has knockout power. Nah, we, we, like, my brother actually said it and was like, yeah, man, it's, they may look dumb now, they may look scared right now. But that's actually probably better for them than getting knocked out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not going to get No, right. man. No, you got to try. You got to try. I mean, if it's me and you I sitting mean, here talking about them, yeah, they should try. I, I mean, but you're going to sign the contract. That's yeah. going to give us you something You're going to so-called start it training. And then when you get closer and closer, it's like, like you said, text like, yeah, I don't know if we should be doing this. That's to me, that's part, a cop-out. The part I don't get is they both were making 10 times more money. 12 times technically more money than they have ever made. Wow, so they would have made more money than 12 times. I got a question. So look, if I- How much if, if, were they making? So Tommy um, would have made like around two mil. You can knock me out, and bro, Haseem, set it up. <laughs> knock me out, I'll take it. Come uh, on, man. And then Hasim was um, mid six figures, but- Wow. Um, if someone offered me, I don't give a fuck who it was, 12 times more than I ever got paid right now. I'm a last. I'm at least getting a last. I'm a last. Bro, I'm a re I can retire for the rest of my life and have everything I've ever wanted. Like, I can yeah. buy 18 want, mansions, bro. Like they, they want their career, though, bro. Yeah, but it's like, at the end of the day, what are they going to do for their families now? But check this out, though. But as, as a man, like, think, think about this. I, see, I hear what you're saying, retire and all of this. 
when you have a son, your son gonna grow up and get on YouTube and say, Dad, you got knocked out by Jake Paul. You can't put That's me. about you can't parenting, me. though. Like, okay, son, I tried I tried to do the impossible. I tried the hardest. I, I, I wasn't afraid to fail, and neither should you be afraid to fail, son. Sounds good. I ain't gonna count. And my, Sounds if good. that's my daddy, that's not that. Nah, I don't care. I'm not hearing none of that. I'm roasting. <laughs> you disrespect. But I mean, at the at the end of the day, though, he can show his son. Hasim Rockman Jr. can show. Well, yeah. Look, I got knocked out here, but I knocked out these other nine guys. You know, not the same. Not the same. But not no. The same. No. I mean, I just, I guess I just I got, I just think about it differently. So I got a, I got a better question for you. So your first fight ever with Nate Robinson. If you'd have got knocked out, if roles were reversed, do you think you'd be here right now? Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you Absolutely. think you used no. to be in the same spot? No. <laughs> no, the butterfly effect is crazy. You know, mm-hmm. every little moment, every day, every second of your life, you know, determines the rest of it. And uh, those are massive moments that changed my life forever. Yeah. You know, and um, who knows where, where I would be and, you know, who, who knows what the future holds, you know? Anything can happen. I just show up every day and do my part, right? I put in the work. I do my the best I possibly can every single day and I'm I'm at peace knowing that the universe will handle the rest and whatever is destined to happen is gonna happen. Amen, brother. I know, right? Ben Askren. <laughs> what was that about? Like I, I get what it was about, yeah. but but what was that about? So I, I like mean, he came into the ring and like like mentally, what, what, like where were you? I think people still thought and he and the MMA world, I think, still thought it would be an easy fight. Right. Because at the time, it was like, oh, yeah, well, you beat a basketball player, but you still haven't beat a real fighter. Right. So fight a real fighter. Um, and that's, that's where Ben Askren came in. And he was a big name. And, um, I mean, we saw what happened, obviously. But I think he underestimated me. Right. I think just like Tyron Woodley, I think, underestimated me. And I think just like moving forward, a lot of my opponents will underestimate me. I don't think, and maybe maybe it's changed now, but I don't think people um, are preparing for me the proper way that they should, uh, for whatever reason. I, I don't know where it comes from. Joke, probably. Yeah, You're probably yeah. taking them as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, like I'm grinding, going right. ham. Right. Crazy. I can see it, man. Like you got that football player's mindset, dog. Like, like you nonstop. You seem like you're gonna give 110 everything that you do, dog. And you know, I like I'm all about hard work and dedication. And like, you, like your like your resume speaks for itself, dog. Thank you. I really don't gotta say nothing, man. I'm I'm excited to pull up to the training camp. They're letting me put on the pads. Jake Paul coming to practice, man, on Wednesday. Training camp. And he's going to dress up as a receiver. He's going to go through practice with us the whole day. How, like, yeah, he's going to be a slot. <laughs> he's stuck I'm going to see what it's like, man. I'm, I feel like I feel like it's way harder than it looks, just like every other sport. But I'm excited. I'm going to tell you right now, the hardest thing is probably just being in the sun. That's it. In like, the sun? Yeah, just being in the sun, like just standing there. 
Bro. Because when you're running, it's easy. Right. But when you're just standing there and the sun just beaming on you, you're like, man, why am I standing out When here? I'm in Puerto Rico, the humidity is crazy. This last camp, our AC broke in the gym. It was like 90 degrees. Oh, God. In the sparring. You still you're just training. burning from the inside out. Right. It's like the the hardest thing in the world. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, man. So, man, um, I really appreciate you coming on this show. Um, but I got one final question. What's next for Jake Paul? Like any business ventures? Like what's going on with Jake Paul? What's next for Jake Paul? Like what should we expect from him? Yeah. Like a fight? Yep. Um, what kind of big investments you got going? Or what's, what's going on with Jake Paul? Yeah, so uh, I got a fight hopefully coming up in October. My opponent has the contract. He's a big name, so. You gonna tell um, us who the name is? I can't leak it <laughs> yet. Mayweather. I can't leak it yet. <laughs> oh. But. Uh, hopefully they sign. They have it. We agreed to all their terms. So, you know, if they don't sign, then it's just another duck. Um, but that's coming up in October. And then this past week, I launched my new company that I've been working on for years. It's called Better. Mm -hmm. It's a sports betting company. Um, and it also has a media branch. Um, and so we're looking to innovate the game in sports betting. And we're specifically focused on micro betting. Uh, which is like in-game betting on plays, drives, mm. players, whether it's going to be a first down or not, run or pass. This video um, is not sponsored by that, so don't no. get into that. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> but I got this shit, I got this shit tatted on I my see leg. it. You got it. Yeah, you it, got mean, it, right. it means the world to me, and um, it's, it's my baby, and um, we just have an amazing team, and, and that's where my show also comes from. Is like, right. it's, it's two parts. It's sports media, like sort of like ESPN. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where my show comes from, and and yeah, just grinding on that, man. And at the end of the day, working hard, hanging out with my family, um, and just, just grinding every single day. What's your issue with the current media, right? Like, the, not necessarily the ESPN, but some of the hosts, like a, a Stephen A. There's no, there's no issue. I mean, like, I respect them. <laughs> right. I respect the shit out of them. I grew up watching right. them, right. you know? But right. who is the next generation of sports fans going to grow up watching? Right. And that's what I want to create. Right. Um, and really, there's no sports show host uh, under the age of 40 that's doing it on a major level. You know, like you guys have this show, which I'm stoked about. When you when you launched launched this, I was like, this is sick. You know, I, I think Draymond Green's right. got, got his thing going right. yeah. on now. Yeah. And then it's like, who else? <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't really know. I believe more and more athletes should definitely get involved in, 100%. you know, building up, you know, their fan bases and just, you know, giving that player's perspective or athlete's perspective, you know, is like huge, you know, for yourself. Because that way, you know, I feel like you control the narrative, you, like you control everything about the whole situation. So I right. feel like more athletes should do it. Definitely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, Jake, you know, and I think this one final what would you want to say to the kids and the, the next generation of, um, I don't even want to say show, social media stars, or, uh, YouTubers, or influencers, because you've done and accomplished so much. You can say actor, yep. rapper, professional boxer. You're a rapper? What's, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what would be your message to those kids who sometimes they get told, get from behind the computer, get from behind the camera, like, Stop doing this. Go this way. Go, go, go get a college degree. Go do this. Go do this. What would your message be to those kids? I would say find your passion and become obsessed with it. 
pursue it relentlessly and don't even listen to your parents or your teachers who are saying you have to follow a certain path to become successful or to make money. Don't make your life about making money. Make your life about becoming great at something and the money will come. Find your passion, become obsessed with it. Surround yourself with like-minded people because a lot of times your friends can be the ones that drag you down or the ones that can get you in trouble. Surround yourself, cut, cut all the bullshit out of your life um, and put your phone down. Stop watching TikToks, make the TikToks, grow your brand, grow yourself, grow your personality. Um, put, put down, you know, set screen limits on your phone and just fucking work out every day. Uh, be healthy, eat healthy, and, and think healthily. And you're gonna be successful in love, laughter, and peace. Um, and that's really all that matters, you know? So that's the message. Sure. Hey man, Jake Paul, that's well said by the man Jake Paul himself, yes, man. Sir. Thank you guys for having me, man. It sounds like, to me, it sounds like you a Pisces, dog. Like that was well spoken right there. Dang, I'm, I'm a Capricorn. Are you a Capricorn? Yeah, you, you believe in Zodiac? I mean, somewhat, man, yeah. depending on the situation. But anyways, man, I just want to say, Jake Paul, thank you so much yes, for coming. Thank you. Thank you also, it needed to be said, man. And clearly, you had a lot of shit that needed to be said, man. So with oh, that yeah. being said, Julius, if you got anything left, I ain't got nothing else to say, man. I ain't got nothing left to say except, man, just keep doing your thing. Um, you said, you know, must be a Capricorn. I was going to say, I thought it was a shrooms talking. He kept saying peace, love, and happiness, but I know you're drug free. <laughs> But no, nah, keep, I take keep, hella shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, I know we taught you're a disruptor. I love it. Keep disrupting the status quo. Keep showing people that it's a different way to success as, Bro, keep uh, as, as opposed to the traditional road. Yeah, keep impacting. Keep, keep serving keep your purpose, dog. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, because everybody you, has a purpose in life, dog. Like, like. Like God set us out on all these individual mi missions. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a purpose, I feel like. I'm serving my purpose, Julia's serving his, and you serving yours. Sure. Impacting kids and knocking people out, I, I guess. You know, so <laughs> like. That's it. It goes like, together. It goes together. <laughs> you know, so with that being said, man, this is our season finale. We had to bring the knockout champ himself onto the podcast. It needed to be said, Jake Paul, we out, man. We out. out. Great interview, bro.